You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies with Mickey and Megan, two best friends adventuring through motherhood, building our careers, and and not losing losing our shit. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. This is Megan. And this is Mickey. Welcome back. How's it going, Mickey? Good. Oh, it's another beautiful day. No complaints here. How about you? Good. Yeah, beautiful. You're wearing a sweatshirt. I'm like, is do you have AC going? Like, I'm yes. so hot in my house right <laughs> now. <laughs> How are you yeah. in my cozy sweatshirt? <laughs> I know, because it's been so nice that um, my husband today turned, like, switched our heat pump from heat to cold, and now our house is freezing. So I'm like, that kind of defeats the purpose of the whole thing if it's beautiful out and I'm freezing in the house. Anyways. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I hope I hope it's been beautiful for everybody listening. I know, it, like in our areas, this weekend was in the 80s, at least down here, which was intense. I was like, you know, I kind of like that the spring to transition from like my body being fully covered at all times to like just my arms being covered, maybe my ankles, and then you know, then it could be a short sleeve, and then a tank top, and then like a a long short, and then shorts. Right? I'm not ready to go from like leggings and sweatpants and sweatshirts to like bathing suit. You know? Right. Yeah, I know. And my kids, it, uh, we so in Washington. If you guys aren't from the Pacific Northwest, it just is cold and wet here for nine months out of the year so I know my family gets so excited about sunshine so my kids have been playing outside like shirtless for probably two weeks like way sooner than's appropriate for sure but yeah we're keeping us all entertained and happy so I'll take it Washington when it's 55 degrees out and everyone's in shorts (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh my gosh yeah yeah it's been it's been nice but I'm excited and anybody, don't at me, but I'm excited that it's supposed to cool back down and start raining again. <laughs> that is why I live in this beautiful state. <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about the weather. We're here to talk about your Enneagram type and how you can use that as a tool in your marriage. And this episode is so exciting for me. I just was like, nerding out the whole time our amazing guest was talking. So I hope you guys are ready to take some notes and just tune in to some pure gold being thrown your way for your marriage, relationships in general, and just getting to know a little bit more about who you are. But we got to get into our highs and lows before we get into all of that good stuff. So let's kick it off. Do you want to go first this time? I'm sure. Um, I'll try to keep it brief too. My high is that both of my kids are at school right now all day and I can't, I'm just so excited about it. And my husband's off. So today was our first day where we're like, oh my gosh, we have like seven hours for the next four days in a row to do whatever we want. And we're like just way too happy about it. And I'm like felt guilty. I was like, I miss them and I do love them and everything. But going to Costco is so much better with just you and not them. So, so yeah, oh we're gosh. living it up this week. Um, That's amazing. <laughs> Let's see my low. It's been great. I am one of those people that just like thrives off of the sunshine. That's why I'm like giddy every day that the sun's <laughs> out. Um, so yeah, I don't have too much of a low. Um, my I've been kind of keeping you guys in the loop about my son with his like stomach problems. I took him to the doctor last week and um, I guess my low will be that we had to take him to get an x-ray. Um, which it, it went well and the results are, and everything are, are great. Like it went well. It just... It was so freaking busy in there. And like we I ended up making three trips to the x-ray place because the lines were so long and I had to leave and go pick one other kid up and then come back. And then it was too busy. So we left and came back the next day. It was just a shit show. But at least it turned out good. And like he's being treated and he's like no no issues there so yeah that's good that's yeah. good yeah that's really good feel mm-hmm. oh man but x-rays are like intense and especially with people everywhere <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. um okay so highs and lows let's see uh this weekend this will be my high we decided to go to the olympic game farm out on the peninsula which was just so cool because that was like We went there when my sisters and I were kids all the time. Like, that was, like, our family thing. And have you been there, Mickey? No, I haven't. It's so awesome. You drive through and, like, 
yaks and llamas and there used to be zebras but i think they bit too many people so they're like <laughs> behind a cage now and like there's peacocks everywhere bald eagles um grizzly bears which you can't pet but like they're very close to you and literal buffaloes come up and put their huge heads and tongues in your car buffalo tongues are disgusting oh if you've never touched one with your bare hand i highly recommend it no, i'm just kidding i don't but like literally these amazing beasts come up to your car and you feed them bread and it's just like you just drive through it's like enter at your own risk because they could definitely damage your car but it's so so fun so we got to go do that this weekend and we just had a family day the three of us which we haven't done in so long and it was like perfect outing like totally covid safe like you don't even have to get out of your car and then afterwards we went to right up the road it there's a place called the dungeness spit which is like this beautiful spit the beach is gorgeous there's rocks and sand and driftwood and it was like the perfect day and we went and sat out there and had a picnic there's like a little hike on the way down but it was it's a two and a half hour drive each way Mm -hmm. and you drive through the game farm. So it was like seven hours in the car. Oh, yeah. And my daughter doesn't sleep in the car, and she was amazing. She didn't cry or whine or, like, I'm, like, astonished by her. So it was just, like, the best day. Like, we were more grumpy than she was after being (laughs) in the car all day. Like, we just had, like, the best time, though. So, yeah, definitely cool to show my kid, like, things that I used to do as a kid. Uh It's really cool. Um. My low is I I had to go shopping, which (laughs) I don't like shopping. I've never liked shopping. COVID's made me hate shopping even more because, you know, people, like, I'm not used (laughs) to being around people anymore. So um, my sister's bachelorette party is coming up, which I'm super excited about, super nervous. Like, we're doing it very safely. Um, But I needed some items I wanted some new clothes to wear to this bachelorette party and for the weekend and stuff so I wanted to go somewhere other than like classic Target that I always go to and I was like okay I tried ordering stuff online like just wasn't working out so I was like I'm gonna have to go somewhere else so I I walk into the mall and I'm like freaking out (laughs) and I, I like start walking over and I see the like the food I had to cross through the food court and everyone had their masks out mm-hmm. masks off because they're eating and I was just like nope nope can't do it so I like walked out and I tried to find another entrance to go in and like I walked in and it just like so many people everywhere that I was just like I can't I cannot do this and so I didn't do it and I just went to Target and I got <laughs> a lot of really cute clothes at Target and that's what happened <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny yeah we've been going out more places with our masks and i have hand sanitizer in my in my purse in each car like we're all about it we get home we all wash our hands like everything um but i yeah some places we've gone and i'm like how are there so many people here like this is crazy so yeah it's gonna be a while before you're able to like rejoin Right. Society. Yeah. yeah. And you're vaccinated, right? Yeah, I'm fully vaccinated. Like on the day this episode comes out, I'll be exactly two weeks. Like, but I just I I don't know. Like it just that many people in an indoor space just freaked me the hell out. And I know that a lot of people are probably feeling that way. Mm -hmm. Um I'm real nervous about this bachelorette party because I haven't like we're gonna go to a restaurant which I have not done in over a year like I have not been to a restaurant so I'm excited like I'm vaccinated it will be safe but I'm just like so nervous (laughs) like this is like okay this is a this is like zero to a hundred like jumping back into like society Uh, but I'm glad yeah I'm glad that like people are starting to slowly get back out there safely and all that so yeah Good stuff. All right. Well, I'm excited about this episode. Like I already said, it's just like so different than anything that we've done before on the show, I feel like. So our guest for this episode is Katie, and she is a certified Enneagram coach. So she shares her knowledge that she has sought after in her own life and experiences to help other couples so that they have tools to build their one-of-a-kind marriage and to help the next generation with 
having emotional intelligence in their marriage, in their lives, with themselves. She teaches us all about what the Enneagram is, what Enneagram types look like, what to do with this knowledge that you have, and just shed so much perspective on something that we have our like at our fingertips that we might not have ever used before. So please welcome to the show, Katie, right after this break. Hey, boss lady, we want to support you and your business on our show. We're rolling out a new segment where we will be highlighting boss ladies in our community by running an ad for your business. Shauna Sutcliffe is a yoga therapist specializing in desk bodies. She helps people release tension and recover from chronic pain or injuries, or simply regain joy and mobility in their lives and bodies. She offers public classes or one-on-one sessions, and she uses a variety of tools from the yoga aerial swing to therapeutic yoga, self-massage, and KT taping. Her Yoga for Desk Bodies class is online every Wednesday at 12, or there are a variety of other classes in person and online. She's also offering a free first class to our audience, so just mention this episode. You can email her at s.shauna, S-H-A-U-N-N-A, at gmail.com, or contact her through her website at risingtidewellness.org. If you're interested in us promoting you on our show, then send us an email and let's get bossy. Hello, Katie. Welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Well, we can't wait to talk to you all about marriage, relationships, Enneagrams. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. It, yeah. Um, however you, however it comes out naturally. Cool. <laughs> but before we get started on that, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone? Tell them who you are, what you do, what makes you a boss lady. Yeah. So I am Katie Allen Harris. I am a wife of five years. I come from a um, broken home, like so many other people. And with that came a lot of different dynamics and a lot of different personalities. So Um, through the years of growing up, I learned really quickly, um, how to manage those dynamics and how to keep peace within those dynamics. And before I got married, I thought, wow, this is, you know, everybody says that communication is the hardest piece. So I'm going to be so great at this. Um, when in all reality, the piece that I had been keeping all my life was kind of a false piece. I had learned really well how to um, people please and how to care about um, making sure that that potential issues were kept kind of swept under the rug and that we would just kind of pat even that rug out so we weren't constantly tripping over it Mm -hmm. Um, and so all of that to say um, when I got married I quickly found out that oh I don't I haven't quite learned this person like all of the other people. And I did not have the gift of seeing positive, healthy communication growing up. So I knew pretty early on that that's something I cared a lot about because I knew that we would come across conflict in our marriage, right? That's pretty unavoidable. And so I did a lot of seeking out answers and studying and reading the books. And then um, a few years ago, I came across the Enneagram And that is when all of these things just really clicked. I was able to put together what our core motivations are, as well as what our styles of um, handling conflict, approaching, handling within, and then healing from. And with that, we were able to really dive in and create a roadmap to, instead of just handle conflict, but really use it to um, create and build emotional intimacy within our marriage. And so, um, that's what I do now is work with couples and, um, actually have just launched a podcast called the teammates podcast, where we really dig into all those things and, um, the truth and what it looks like to build a one of a kind marriage, um, that withstands the test of time. So that's just a little bit about what I do. Oh, I also have a dog that I am 
very obsessed with. So um, <laughs> you may hear her at some point, hopefully not, but her name is Fancy and she is the light of my life. <laughs> oh, cute. I love that name. Aw. Yeah. Well, we're used to hearing like dogs, kids, husbands sometimes, like all the things happening in the background. So oh, don't yeah. worry about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited to talk to you. Like so, so excited to talk about this because I feel like you're story is so similar to so many other people out there and can relate to at least something, some parts of your story. Right. And, and I don't know if it's a generational thing, like how we were all raised, but the way that things have been unfolding as our generations coming up, it's so much easier to learn these things about how to communicate that we were really never taught as children. And I think especially the Enneagram is so interesting because what would you say probably three or four years ago, it became like really popular. You're hearing everybody talk about, Oh, what what do you do? Do you have any kids? Are you married? What's your Enneagram? And it's like, Oh my gosh, this is becoming like a huge part of our culture. And it's amazing that we can really use this to help our marriage and our other relationships. And so we're excited to talk with you about this and kind of get to know how we can start to do that through Enneagram and just through that communication that you're talking about. So let's just get into it in case somebody hasn't heard of Enneagram. How, what is it and how is it different than like other personality types? Yeah. So centrally the Enneagram is, is it's a personality tool. It's, that's all it is, is a tool. Um, when I talk with people and like you said, it has become pretty hot and people ask all the time, do you know your Enneagram type? Um, often I hear either two different types of people who, um, if they know about it, one says, oh yes, I know it. This is my type. This is why it has, you know, given me so much insight into my motivations, who I am, Um, not so much who I am, but what drives me. And then there's the other party that says, yeah, I took the test. And like, I kind of was like this one, but I'm not really sure. And the difference between those two people is that one of them has a purpose in using it as a tool. The other is just for fun and neither is wrong. Neither is better than the other. Um, but I use it as a tool because there's purpose behind the reason why I know my type and the reason why I encourage clients to figure out their type. And so with this personality tool, it is essentially nine different types. It's numbers, one through nine. And each type is um, defined by what I call the core four. It is the core four motivations. There is the core desire that we are running towards, the core fear that we're running away from, the core weakness that we're stumbling over, and then finally the core longing that is kind of like the finish line. That's what we want to hear from people is that core longing. It's the message that our heart longs to hear. And these core motivations are just that, our motivations. Um, The Enneagram does not tell you who you are, what you do any of that. It's not a behavior based. It's a motivation internal based. And that's why nobody can tell you what your Enneagram type is other than you. And with um, the Enneagram, I just really love the practicality of it and how nuanced it is. You know, there's so many different things and it's not just a one size fits all. And um, it's kind of like each type is a color and within those color, there's shades and different hues. So like For instance, I am a type nine and type nines, let's say they were purple. Um, I might be lavender while another type nine might be more of a like fuchsia, like a really, or a like deep eggplant, something like that. So that is just some of the fun of it. And I really like to say that the Enneagram doesn't put you in a box. It more so shows you the box through which you are operating and gives you the insight to know, okay, how do I step out of this comfort zone, out of this box that I kind of operate out of because we all as humans want to, you know, live in our comfort zone and it gives you the power to see that and be able to step out of that box. So 
Um, that's a little bit of a rundown of what the Enneagram is as a personality tool. I'm also a nine. That's so funny. Ooh. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. So I don't know mine yet. Where can we go to? Is there like a test to take? Where, where do we find out which type we are? Because now I'm really excited about it. Yeah. So your Enneagram coach um, has a really great free um, quiz test, whatever you want to call it. And when you go through any test is about 80% accurate as at, at best. Mm -hmm. And so when, with this test, what I like about it is that at the end of it, it gives you your top two most likely um, results. And then all of the other ones, it kind of gives a percentage of what your likelihood is that, that those are your types. So I always recommend that for anyone who is interested in learning their Enneagram type to take that quiz, like I said, your Enneagram And then I think it's like slash assessment. And when you get those results, you kind of want to take those top two and look at, or look up the core weakness. The core weakness is that kind of like dagger in the heart where it's like, Ooh, that's, that hurts a little bit. Nobody wants to be their type because they connect so deeply with it. So um, all the time I hear like, I'm the worst type. And I'm like, no, you're actually not. There's not a worst type. There's no type that's better than another. Each type just has different natural um, strengths and different perspectives of the world based on their motivations. And so it's really interesting to hear that from people though, because it's typically due to their deep connection with that core weakness. Um, that's how I discovered which that my type was a type nine. And that's how I tell other people is, you know, that the one you don't want to be is probably the one that you are. Can this wasn't in our discussion ahead of time, but can your Enneagram change like as you evolve as a person and as you work on yourself as a person, or is that just like a core weakness from like birth and just learned behaviors as you went through childhood? I think it's a mix of nature and nurture. I think that, um, your, your like brain is wired to have a specific set of motivations. So I think that your type remains the same. I think that just the health of an individual is different in those types. So there are all, like I said earlier, it's very nuanced tool. And so um, each type has two other types that they're directly connected to that they kind of lean on and take on some tendencies and, and strategies when it comes to coping with stress or challenging themselves to experience growth. Um, and so with that, someone who is in a season of health or stress may look like a different type. Mm. And that's where the core motivations come into play. And you really want to stay in, like stay connected with those core motivations and um, that core weakness remains. Um, but your nurture, your, the way you've grown up, what, you know, your experiences, experiences have been may kind of affect um, the way that that type, how, how severely you rely on those core motivations mm -hmm. and how much you cling to that comfort zone. Okay. How interesting. Okay. So you are a type nine. So how has mm -hmm. your type specifically affected you in your marriage and your relationships positively or negatively? Yeah. So like I said, when I read through, I actually read the road back to you. It's a great book. If anybody has not read it or has, has read it, I'm sure they would agree. I love it. I've only heard great things. And, um, when I read through the type nine, I was like, Oh, that kind of hurts. So, um, it definitely at the beginning was more of a, um, harsh reality of kind of coming to grips with what my motivations are and how I cling to that and how I kind of, you know, what that comfort zone looks like for me, unfortunately. But the great part is that once you know, you can do something about it. And so, um, for me and I'm sure anyone else who's married, and knows their Enneagram type, the next thing you want to do is find out 
what's my spouse's type? <laughs> so that was me. I was like, I need to know what his type is. And this was a few years ago. So it was before I even really knew a ton about the tool. And I had, you know, kind of thought what his type would be. And thankfully I, I didn't, you know, often people will kind of type others and um, change their reactions around them based on that, which I don't always recommend because again, it's just a tool. It's not to label anyone. And um, so with my spouse, my husband, I was like, um, okay, let, like, what do you kind of resonate with? And just kind of slyly was like trying to like get it out of him without saying what I was like talking about <laughs> and ended up realizing and discovering that he's a type five. So I'm a type nine, he's a type five. Um, and with that, I just really, like I said earlier, we kind of dug into what our approaches to conflict look like, which they're pretty similar. Um, and that's not necessarily an automatically positive thing. <laughs> um, when people approach conflict in the exact same way, it can kind of be like two forces, like going against each other. And so for us, um, it definitely was that where it wasn't as, um, effective. We weren't being as effective as we could be. And so thankfully we were able to kind of, um, find out how to be more effective without like changing each other. We're stay, still able to be ourselves, um, just be more effective in our communication. Then we were able to not only see how we both approached conflict, but then also use the tool to see how we heal from it. And what's interesting is that um, while our approach was similar, our healing was very different. And what that really comes from is just differences in perspective and differences in needs. So um, the five love languages, um, often we love others in the same way that we prefer to be loved. So having an awareness of how we like to be loved or for instance, how we heal from conflict, we can then extend grace um, to the other perspective. And a lot of times in our culture, um, we have this idea that we deserve to be understood. And not only do we deserve to be understood, but we also believe that our perspective is the truest and the most important and in a marriage, that is not going to work very long, <laughs> unfortunately. So um, what it gave us was a tool that not only made us aware of our own tendencies and what the why was behind those tendencies, it then also gave us the ability to communicate it. Um, our brains actually have, um, the like limbic brain part of our brain is responsible for making decisions. Um, it's also the part of our brain that processes and is driven by emotion, but it has no ability to produce language. So, um, that is where our prefrontal cortex comes into play and processes what our limbic brain, our emotional brain is saying. And it kind of um, confirms our decision with logic. Um, so that is why we, when we're feeling something, sometimes you may be feeling an emotion, but it's really hard for you to explain it. It's really hard for you to get someone to understand because you can't even quite explain it yourself. Mm -hmm. And so that's what this tool gave us the ability to do was to put words to the emotion behind why we needed to heal the way that we needed to heal. Um, and I'm talking healing from, you know, a disagreement about how we load the dishwasher. It's, mm -hmm. it's everyday things that we can use this tool to plug and play and have an awareness so that we can then communicate that emotion and um, understand ourselves better, but then also have that communication come back from our spouse so that we can better understand their perspective and gives us that ability to be personally responsible for understanding them and giving them grace. Um, so yeah, so that is just the long short of it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, because usually it's never about loading the dishwasher. Like it's our <laughs> needs aren't being right. met and we might not even realize we're not meeting 
the other person's needs. And wow, what a great tool. Right. I'm, I'm really interested in, I never thought about <laughs> using this like in marriage as a tool. I just, you know, I've heard so much about it, but I've never realized the power of that. And what you said about putting like words behind an emotion that you're feeling, I feel like that's a really common thing for, I, I want, I don't want to generalize, but like, I feel like men, a lot of times, at least like my husband and a lot of men that I know have a hard time naming that emotion and women too. Mm -hmm. Um, but so if there's something like a tool that will help you name that emotion and the why behind it, that's, yeah, that's huge. So yeah, super great. So I, I have like the basic of basic questions. So yeah. if we go to take this test, what does your, what do your results actually look like? Are we talking like horoscope style, just like a few sentences about like, oh, you, how your day is going to be and what you're like, or like, what are we, what are we talking about here? So when you get your results from that quiz, it's been a while since I've done it myself um, or seen someone else's, but I'm pretty sure it has like a drop down where you can read kind of descriptions of each type and typical tendencies. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why I kind of recommend looking into that core weakness on your own mm -hmm. because it doesn't dig into those core motivations. Um, I have a lot of resources on my Instagram, um, all that good stuff where you can kind of okay. do like the, just kind of rabbit hole. Um, yeah. <laughs> but having, having a reason to see what your type is, is really the main point. So, um, if this is something that is sparking your interest, um, there are a lot of different ways to work with me or to figure it out on your own. It only took me about, you know, three years to figure it out, but <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was just like, so into this idea of this marriage tool, because I've never heard anybody talk about it for like using it in marriage. And actually it sounds in line with a lot of things that like therapists will teach you, but just a, almost mm -hmm. a different perspective where you feel like, like, instead of having to like learn this new behavior, you're like starting from the root of the problem and understanding yourself in a different way than like how they would show you in therapy. So it's like an, it's like a totally different perspective to get you the same results. I'm just like, this is really, really interesting. And I hope all of you listening are just as interested as us, because this is something <laughs> that I haven't heard anybody talk about in this way before. And so one of the things that you talk about a lot is the one of a kind marriage. And I'd really like to know what you, what that means to you and how people can really achieve their own one of a kind marriage. Yeah. With the Enneagram, there are nine different types and within those types, so many different shades. So obviously anytime you pair up different types, then their marriage is going to look different. Their communication is going to look different. What matters to them is going to look different. Their passions, all of that. And not only are you taking two individuals who are, have led different lives, have different backgrounds, raisings, all of that, um, you are putting them together and then building this marriage that, you know, everybody says, oh, we hope to make it a lifetime. Well, I want couples to have the tools to know that they're going to make it a lifetime. And what it comes down to is being proactive about it. How do we, you know, proactively find ways to be intentional in our marriage? And what does that look like? So taking each type and the intentionality can look the same. It's just those, those conversations are going to be different. The ways that you connect emotionally are going to be different. The conflict is going to look different. Um, and so the other piece of that is, you know, we've, we live in the world of social media and social media is a comparison trap and comparison is the thief of joy. And not only is it going to steal your joy, it's going to steal your marriage joy too, because if we get to comparing our marriage to their marriage, well, then even though we want that one of a kind marriage, we're really seeking to have their marriage where mm -hmm. we really think that their marriage is going to 
be better than our marriage or the best for our marriage when that's not reality. Reality is not that our marriage is going to look exactly like someone else's or should. It shouldn't. It's going to be unique and it's going to stand out. And you can have that marriage that others can look at and respect and admire without having to compare and play the comparison game. Mm -hmm. And so that's what a one of a kind marriage is to me is, you know, playing on your strengths, being okay with your weaknesses and growing from them. Life is constantly evolving. You're constantly evolving as individuals. So of course your marriage is going to constantly evolve and that is a good thing. Um, and so that's what I love so much about using the tool is that it gives couples the awareness to unlock that, aha, this is our marriage, just ours. Um, and so I just, I just love it. That's really cool. So we can use those tools to strengthen our relationship. I like that we can strengthen our relationship with ourselves. Do you think then that the Enneagrams could predict the likelihood of a relationship like succeeding? I don't think so. I don't think there's any pairing. I, I know there's not any pairing that's better than another. Mm-hmm. Um, it boils down to the health, the health of the individuals, the health of um, the marriage, you know, um, if we're going, I, I, so the podcast is the teammates podcast. And the reason for that is because we all want to be a team in our marriage. We want to feel supported and appreciated and, and, you know, encouraged. And that's what a team does. A a team prepares for, and, and they do the drills before the big game. And we want to think of conflict as the big game. Conflict is this third entity. Conflict is not our spouse. It's, it's not our partner. They are not the conflict. We're not against them. We are with them against the conflict. And whether that is, um, you know, figuring out your differences of perspective or literally there's a conflict that is against us, either way, we are joining together. We're going against it. And if each individual is not in a healthy mental space and emotional space, then it's going to be really difficult to pair up together because when we're in an unhealthy mind space, I'm going to get my dog really quick one second because she's just going to keep. I didn't even, did you hear her? Mm -mm. No. There's dogs outside of my house that are barking that I could hear. (laughs) Can you hear the dogs at my house barking? Okay, good. No, not at all. I just, she's like scratching at the door and I thought that you might be able to pick that up, but we couldn't hear it. (laughs) So with couples that are with individuals that are not in a healthy space, um, they are going to be in a mode of self-protection and self-preservation. And that's really difficult to, um, build and reinforce that team structure when either individual is in that frame of mind. And that is the main difference between um, like counseling, like you were mentioning and therapy and coaching, doing courses as a couple things like that, because reactive is dealing with that individual health, you know, maybe potential trauma, whether it's capital T trauma or lowercase T trauma. Um, And really, you know, reinforcing that foundation. That's the work that I'm in is reinforcing that foundation and giving couples and, and working with couples to give them the tools so that they have them to go throughout the rest of time. Um, because we're going to face challenges. We just don't know what they're going to be. And then on the other side of those challenges, those big games, we want to have that victory where we're building emotional intimacy through it. It's, you know, just like a football team after the big game, they win, they're celebrating together and they, they tighten that bond. They become a tighter team. And that's where you can use conflict to build emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I, I love all of this so much. So, so one of the questions I was going to ask you was, you know, are there people that like certain numbers or types should stay away from each other or certain mesh together better, but you kind of already answered that. So I'm curious. There if, are, 
Yeah. So there's not types that should avoid or should like, you should be looking for a specific type. Um, but there are like, typically people gravitate towards others Mm -hmm. and it's based on different, you know, psychology, um, concepts, I guess, you know, the birds of a feather flock together, Mm -hmm. opposites attract, um, and then like admiration attraction. So some couples are going to find that they are attracted to one another because, um, they're familiar birds of a feather flock together. You know, there's going to be couples that attract and, and that similarity can be because the other person is similar to their first family from their childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, it can be because they're similar to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, the opposites attract, they could be very opposite types, um, where their, you know, strengths are opposite, something like that, or they're opposite from their family, you know, same concept. And then, um, the admiration of, of, you know, being attracted to someone because they have natural strengths and tendencies that you admire. So that's kind of what I say about the gravitational pull towards yeah. specific type of people because often we are, but it's not really because of the Enneagram type. It's more so because of something else. The Enneagram type is just what is similar. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And so yeah. then like knowing your Enneagram type and knowing kind of what it is that your really your motivations are and what your conflicts are and things like that. Do you find at least, or should people be actively seeking other people with Enneagram types that feel compatible with theirs? Like, is that a way to use that tool to start surrounding yourself with people who kind of fit into what it is that you need? You can, for sure. Um, I did notice that when, after I discovered my type, I started, so again, being a nine, um, nines are connected to the type three in growth. Um, but then they're, even though they're right next to the eights, um, often pretty different from eights often just naturally. Um, and I found that I gravitate towards them because they challenge me to grow. Um, and so it, it can differ. It can be based on, you know, the, the season of life, whatever. I think that again, it just really boils down to the health of an individual Mm -hmm. Um, being the most important thing. If somebody's in a healthy space, then they're going to be positive influences in your life, period. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So kind of to summarize everything that we've learned already from you today, if you could give us just one tip on how to start using our Enneagram, like today, what can I take from this and start using in my relationship? Ooh, one thing, one thing. There are, I'm trying to think of the most important. So emotionally intelligent relationships thrive off of positivity. Um, being positive about your past, present, and future. So whatever that looks like for you, um, what I recommend is starting a gratitude um, practice, daily habit. And I actually, um, super shameless plug, um, will be starting a thankful hearts challenge on May 1st. So, um, on the, by the time this is released, it'll be registration will be open, but it's a free challenge just for couples to basically get, um, prompts for implementing that daily habit and, Um, it's proven that over a 21 day period, if you spend two minutes expressing gratitude, your brain rewires. Hmm. So it's kind of like, um, if I know you said you have a dog, my dog in the backyard, she has a path that she takes every time. And that path is like worn down. You can see where she walks because over time she's created that path. And now it's just, you see it. And not only does she follow it, but other dogs that come over, they follow it too. It's like they see the trail and they just take the trail that that your brain's the same way where over time, the more you do something, the more it becomes a very natural path. that's just easier to take. And so if 
that's what this is based in. Um, but that gratitude challenge, you don't have to, or that gratitude daily habit, you don't have to join the challenge to implement that habit. Um, it's just going to be an easy way to get it in your inbox. I know that for all the boss ladies that are busy and have other things going on, sometimes it's nice to have that convenience and to get prompts that you know you're going to be connecting on a deeper level. And what that does for you is, is kind of bring some of those sparks back. And you know what emotional intimacy leads to? physical intimacy. <laughs> and we can all use some more of that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. This is so cool. Yeah, Did I embarrass you all? No. no. We're like, so, so not moving forward. Oh my goodness. Well, I love the idea of that challenge. I'm, I'm like, okay, sign me up. I'm going to talk to my husband yeah. about that because I think that that's exactly what we need. Like we find in our marriage, just to be like really transparent and open when we're in the grind of life, it's just so mm -hmm. easy for us to just get so like down and irritated just about nothing, just because we're tired. And like what you're saying with that path, like we're just going through the motions of all the stuff mm -hmm. that we have to do and we forget to take that time. So now that challenge sounds amazing. We'll make sure that we yeah. get that out there to everybody because who doesn't need something like that in their life? We could all use some gratitude for sure. Yeah. And, and I've physical heard, intimacy. I've had, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and then for like the husbands, um, it's words of affirmation back to those love languages are most, it's the most common love language of people like primary love language. Mm -hmm. It's also, it also runs higher as like men's primary love language. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women are like, I don't know that he's, and I'm like, you tell him you're going to be telling him exact, like how much you love him and why you appreciate him and all the great things about him. He will be so ready to sign up <laughs> and do that with you <laughs> or just do that with you on a daily basis. You know, that men don't need a lot of um, coercing into hearing what is wonderful about them. They are ready for it. <laughs> they want to hear it. So um, it's a great, it's a great habit. It's so easy and good and it can happen over text, over the phone, all the things, and you will get some heart eye emojis back. <laughs> Aww, I, like I love that. Okay. Well, I don't want to let you go. I want to talk about this all day, but, uh, we will go <laughs> ahead and move forward with our next segment, which is our hot mess moment. So we all know life is full of these moments where we've been total hot messes. We've all been there. We can all relate. So this is your chance to share one of your embarrassing confessions of a hot mess moment. So while I work with couples, my marriage is not perfect. It is definitely one of a kind, but, uh, we were at dinner and my husband picked up a bill and, you know, got, you know, right up. It was a very, it was a nice dinner. Okay. Nice dinner. Mm -hmm. And I saw him write the tip amount and it was mm -hmm. not even 10%. And I was like, mm -hmm. and I looked at him and I said, that is not appropriate. We are going to be like, if we're going to go out and eat, right. We're going to be generous when we get good service mm -hmm. and generous means above 20%. 20% is like a minimum minimum in my mind. Yeah. Um, and he grew up, you know, a fairly frugal family, um, for like good reason. And so anyways, so I'm like giving him a hard time about this tipping and I was being like, you know, not like the kindest and like just a little sassy. <laughs> so we leave. I'm still talking about it in the car. Okay. Still going on about it. I'm like, you know, we just, we really we are okay to tip a normal good amount. And I just really think that we should be generous with that. And he says, will you pick that receipt up off the floor? He had put it in like the floorboard. And I said, no, I'm not pick. I'm not picking it up. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> continuing the sass. He goes, just yeah. pick it up. And I pick it up and it was the first receipt that he had written the, uh, like his like really low amount. Mm -hmm. He had actually tipped a really good tip on the real receipt, but like, so I hope I'm making sense. It's, um, actually sit, it's actually on our refrigerator. The receipt is, 
<laughs> so that it's a constant reminder that um, I should be a little slower to speak and not as sassy, a little more kind sometimes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's always a work in progress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was my like most one of my most recent like super sassy moments i mean <laughs> i'm like making myself sound okay through it it was not really that nice <laughs> like amplify that that's like that perspective thing though right where we just feel like yeah. what we're saying is the right way and the most important thing and not really mm -hmm. seeing it my gosh yeah thanks for sharing yeah. that that's nice to hear from somebody who like has all of these amazing tips and ideas to be strong and successful in your marriage that you still have your sassy days and you know can call out yeah. the husband too <laughs> it's not going to be perfect um it's just you know the healthier it is then the less frequent those not so perfect moments are there you go i like that less <laughs> and the quicker you rebound from them because right. it was pretty much done after i i like quickly was able to say sorry <laughs> yeah. yeah well and i love that you have it on the fridge like as a reminder you're both like through it and healed from it and it's just a nice little now it's like an inside joke kind of thing with you yes. guys like yeah that's that's awesome i love that yeah oh, gosh. well thank you so much katie for everything this was super informative i know i for one am going to run and do my test like right now when we're done yeah. talking with you that's so exciting um but before we let you go um why don't you tell people where they can find you yes you can find me on instagram that's where i spend most of my time at katie allen harris um dm me with any questions from this episode or any questions about your results if you take the the assessment and have questions about it. Um, and then the podcast, the teammates podcast, um, currently on Stitcher and Spotify working on Apple. Hopefully it's on Apple by the time this airs, but if not, definitely Stitcher and Spotify. And yeah, that, those are the two main places as of now, but, um, I'll have that thankful hearts challenge. I'll be sure to give you all the link for the show notes and all that good stuff. Um, but I just really appreciate you all having me on today. It was super fun to talk about. It's obviously something I'm very passionate about. And I just really hope that the impact of this goes beyond just marriages, that it really goes into um, giving the next generation and, you know, families and future families, that gift of seeing healthy, positive communication and conflict resolution that, you know, I wish I had had, but it's never too late and it's never too late. So, um, again, thank you guys just so much. It was really fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, that's the perfect way to end it. That is such a beautiful message and we hope all of that comes true for everybody too. So thank you for sharing with everyone and we're so excited to have you today. We will let you go and we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. If you like this episode, be sure to rate, review, and leave us some feedback. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and join the conversation in our Facebook group at Boss Ladies and Babies. And until next time, stay, stay bossy. bossy.